0: Hello, and welcome to No Jive Talk. I'm your host, Vernon Allenby. On March 27, 2020, Donald Trump, well, President Trump, signed a $2 trillion stimulus package to combat economic losses that are occurring due to the outbreak of this historic coronavirus. But what does that exactly mean for us? My guest today will be able to share his insights to answer that question. Right after this. No Jive J- Talk. Mr. Jerry Lee of the Minnesota-based Lee Financial Group is a world-known certified public accountant with many years of experience in both taxation, international, national, and financial planning. Mr. Lee is also a faculty member at a private liberal arts college and the Minnesota State University system. I've known Mr. Lee for many, many years. He's a good friend. Welcome, Mr. Jerry Lee. Hey, Jerry.
1: Hey, what's up, Doc?
0: All right, how you doing?
2: I'm doing good, I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm going to try to like get, get a little different sound here. Uh, can
1: you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I hear you fine. Okay, great. Yeah, so we're just going to have a discussion, you know. Sure. Nothing, just very, very, very relaxed, very informal. Yeah, so how was your day? Man, busy day. Good. Yeah, so... Well anyway, uh because you know, I don't wanna I'm not gonna keep you too long and I and I don't want okay. to uh I don't want to miss the opportunity to, to kinda get some understanding about what's happening here uh mm-hmm. with this um um I, I don't know is it a, is it called a stimulus or is it uh I'm not sure what the call is. <laughs> this financial <laughs> injection.
2: Yeah, it's uh, quite an interesting way in which they've couched it. Uh, They are treating it as though it's a stimulus package to get the economy moving again, and there's uh, a lot of moving parts to it. But the part that the consumer is seeing is the fact that they are giving a recovery rebate. And what it is Mm -hmm. is really an advance on your 2020 tax refund. And that's one of the reasons it's coming from the Treasury, and that's one of the reasons that is being run and managed by the Internal Revenue Service. Ah. So, yeah, so accordingly, uh, what you will find is that individuals who are going to get a refund next year may find their refund reduced by the amount of the advance that they've received. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. Um, that's yeah, and there's also a caveat so this is a kind of a two-edged sword in that those who do not have a refund that is adequate to cover the advance allegedly they will not be
1: requested to pay that back. Okay, so that aspect of it would be forgiven um, you know, providing that there isn't sufficient refund. I'm sure that would be a concern. Uh especially if this is an uh involuntary kind of acceptance. I mean I, I guess you can't call the IRS and say I you know, I I opt out of this uh this this, this um, uh stimulus or this Correct. check. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Interesting interesting. You, well,
2: yeah. True. yeah.
1: If you take it through in
2: terms of the economics of it, it's that well uh we're sending everyone money but those who really don't need the money, we're going to take it back from them. That's really the aspect of it. So, so really what we have is money that's being advanced to the public, uh, to the taxpayers. Uh, so one of the reasons they're sending it to, quote, unquote, individuals who are taxpayers who have file taxes because the likelihood that those individuals will possibly have a refund in the following year. So if they do have a refund in the following year, that is sufficient to cover the advance that they've given them, because this is an advance, it's not free money, uh, they will request to receive that rebate back. So it's very similar to, uh, you know, the rebate that we had in the 2008 year where we obviously had some challenges with the economy and they sent people money, you know, (laughs) they gave them this quote-unquote advance for their refund. So it's a very similar Hmm. situation. No, and the expectation okay. yeah the expectation is that those that are going to receive a refund obviously are those who are better off well off etc so therefore they have the ability to pay that money back the hope is mm-hmm. that people will hope is that people will take that money and spend it locally at their restaurant at their you know Starbucks uh, and consume and that's essentially what they want people to do Surprisingly yeah. I've asked some people what they plan on doing with the money and some say, "Oh, I'm just going to put it in the bank." <laughs> but uh, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll see though. Uh, so we'll we'll see how, how it plays out. Yeah, one of my concerns is the aspect of if we have additional money put into the marketplace, will that impact the aspect of inflation where we have, you know, people chasing after specific goods And we may have even seen that locally where as you go to your grocery store or your uh, store where you buy your normal things for your day-to-day living, you see that, wow, suddenly, uh, you know, bleach is more expensive and suddenly, (laughs) you know, this is more expensive and that is more expensive. And some of it has to do with gouging. The other part has to do with, okay, we now have all this additional money, so why not... uh, Ask for additional funds for
1: those resources. Well, I I I know that i heard at least, and and maybe it's just limited to this, you know, to this crisis, so to speak, um, or or during the occurrence of this crisis, that there would be that it would be considered illegal to to gouge to price gouge. Um, maybe at some point, you know, those protective measures come off and and things change. But then again, I mean I mean when you think about it, are we are we really talking about a lot of money? I mean a twelve hundred dollar I I use the term stimulus. I guess that's what they yeah. called it back in two thousand you know, the two thousand seven, mm-hmm. two thousand eight. Uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's not like it's it's not like a windfall but that's something that's gonna be an ongoing process. That's just a one time payment, am mm-hmm. I correct?
2: uh that's correct, well, if you think about it from the aspect of you know you have twelve hundred up to thirty four hundred dollars that's being paid to folks so that's okay. uh yeah so so if we have a you know family of four then they're they're getting uh you know twelve hundred dollars for each the husband and wife plus you know five hundred dollars for each child so so it it can be a considerable amount uh given the fact that We have other things that have been suspended. So we have car dealers who are saying, oh, well, you don't have to make your car payment. We have some landlords who are now saying, oh, well, you don't have to make your your rental payment. You have, you know, other things that are going on in the economy that are people are suspending those payments. And now people feel that, oh, I can go out and consume with this money. But the question Mm -hmm. is, is
1: how are we actually going to catch up? (laughs) <laughs> or will we catch up? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I. I mean. I have per- personally have my own feelings about that. I, I just. I, you know. I. I see this as a way. As a way to try to sustain capitalism. Um. And I. I, I think that over time, and I've been saying it for a little while, that. You know, with technology growing as rapidly as it is and reducing the demand for human services, capitalism ultimately has to die. But you know, that's that's just my thought. <laughs> maybe maybe a big prog- a prognosticator about it. But <laughs>
2: well, I think what what this actually does is it gives uh, the idea of robotics and AI. A greater foothold in the economy Mm -hmm. so for example if we now have uh, teachers teaching from a remote location and not having to be in the classroom what does that do to the material so now if I've taken all my lesson plans and I've recorded it video recorded it I've audio recorded it I've created all these slides well obviously you don't need to teach anymore because I now have captured all that information electronically and now I can phase the teacher out so and if we have a situation where oh well we have a pandemic and people can't uh, be around each other well hey that just advances the aspect of you know uh, automobiles that are driven by computers that advances you know (laughs) all the other things that we look at that people say oh well I'd never do that well yeah, well, maybe you now have to have the truck being delivered by, you know, a robot, and there's no truck drivers anymore because it's too dangerous. Uh, you know, your product that's being manufactured in a plant, well, we don't need a person we, we, because it has to be sterile so we can have a computer do all else. So ultimately, we have the opportunity to try to diminish people and getting rid of people and advancing machines and technology. And yeah. now we have an aspect of well what are those people going to do? So this is this is a period of creativity where people are going to say, hmm, how can I creatively now manage my business without people? <laughs> and <laughs> and if that happens and if people get more and more creative and realize that, wow, that actually saved me money, what does that mean ultimately to the economy?
1: Yeah, this 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 one event, as I see it, this one event you know, whether by by chance, by accident, or on purpose, um, it's it's forcing the vision and the use of technology and showing by demand ultimately that that it can work and how it can work. And and and, and I and on the other side of it, I, I I'm thinking to myself, you know, what industries are ultimately not just short term affected, but long term affected. Mm-hmm. I, I've asked a few of my friends the question: If, if you were to get an all clear today, and it was safe to go back in the water, so to speak, you know, how many people would? It, how many people are, are are going to be ready to go back into the movie theater in a crowd?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, without the thought in their mind that there still may be a virus lingering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, All um, right or even going to a restaurant, you know, mm-hmm. or any kind of large social event. Right. What's the likelihood, you know, I'm beginning to really question whether or not the way we have experienced life in the past, a lot of it might be gone forever, or at least mm-hmm. gone for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this is this is interesting, mm-hmm. um, very interesting, very interesting I I did have a question for you also. I mean I, I know we we touched briefly on the individual uh, I don't know whether to call it a benefit but the individual opportunity that is being provided um through this stimulus. What what, what what's your take on the uh small business and uh independent contractor and sole proprietor benefit or um both of this of this opportunity? There's several
2: benefits that have been placed into the initial CARES Act. One is that they're actually going to provide up to $5,000 per uh, employee uh, for those people who you keep paying even though they don't show up to work. So there is actually a tax credit that's going to be created for uh, paying your employees just to sustain them. Uh, There's also some special credits that are going to be allowed for retirement as you take money out of your retirement account in terms of borrowing money out of your retirement account. So there's some uh, special elements for uh, how you deal with your uh, health plan in terms of uh, right now the concept of video docs and all that is really not part of, you know, how you can quote-unquote use your health plan money so they're going to allow that to to be beneficial and ultimately the, i think there's going to be certain industries that are going to be uh saved uh simply because you know it, they're deemed to be important in our society so if we mm-hmm. think about you know the airlines it's like well yeah the airlines they're, they're important and we we can't let uh you know a us airline manufacturer go bankrupt because then we'll have the uh, foreign competitors controlling, you know, airplane manufacturing. We can't let our air carriers go bust because, you know, then we'll have foreign competitors controlling our, you know, our airspace. So there's different things of that nature that are happening. And then also related to that, there may be industries that aren't necessarily headquartered or located in the U.S. like cruise lines. You know, most of the cruise lines are headquartered elsewhere, but, Mm-hmm. Those cruise lines have borrowed, you know, millions and millions of dollars to build all these ships from, guess who, all these Wall Street banks. So, they, so they're so they going to have to bail them out so the Wall Street banks can get their money back. So mm-hmm. so, that's a, so there's some interesting, you know, things that are, are going on. And I've always had in, you know, as part of the conversation I've had with uh, some folks is that the reason why we haven't seen this, uh, bill that people have talked about for so many years of reconstructing our roads and our bridges and our tunnels that are just in shambles is that that's kind of the ace in the hole where if things go to hell in the handbasket, we're going to have a works program so we can rebuild the roads and rebuild the bridges and we can give people jobs. <laughs> so that's the mm-hmm. ace in in the back pocket of Congress, I think. And that's why we haven't seen that take place. Even though every election for the last ten elections, we've talked about how horrible the roads and bridges are. And if you know, if you're in New York, you just drive across a bridge and you say, "Holy mackerel! Is this thing gonna? You know, how long is this thing gonna stay <laughs> to stay up?" Uh, you know, you look at the subways, you look at the, uh, the the tunnels. So all over the U.S., they're in just bad shape.
1: Sounds very similar to, I guess, what transpired back in the Hoover days um, to bring us out of the Great Depression along with the war. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the works mm-hmm. program, yeah. So I think that's that's the uh, ace in their back pocket that they're holding on to. And there's actually been a little bit of nibbling of the, that discussion because they do want to look at another type of stimulus. That they would like to put in the economy, and I think that might be the beginning of it.
1: I have a question and you know just' curious to hear your thoughts um uh, yeah, just did some quick figuring this uh, this morning uh the national g d p for net twenty nineteen was that, i believe twenty one point nine billion dollars or so uh a, this is a two trillion dollar injection into the economy uh, mm-hmm. my question that's 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 almost ten percent. My question mm-hmm. is, where does that money come from? <laughs> where does that money come from? Now, that, it's, that's it's, a lot of money. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's 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 being printed, and uh, quote unquote being borrowed. Uh, so, in in theory, what you hear people talk about is the fact that oh well, the Fed is going to uh, go ahead and. Uh, loan money to banks and loan money to the government and so on and so forth, uh, or the government's going to issue debt. So some of it will be debt, and some of it will be just money that will be just printed. And just, uh, you know, as as uh, my term that I often use, it's a PSA, you know, pluck from air. So this is money that they're just going to print.
1: Well, that's interesting, and, and and I guess going back to your question of inflation, um, I, mm-hmm. I mean when you if, when you print money like that, mm-hmm. I, 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 it's it's like diluting a stock. I mean you're you're literally mm-hmm. diluting the value of the of the present dollar. Right. You know? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's, that's crazy. At what yeah. point does it end? You know, I would question why is it that it seems like there's so much investment. In uh, commercial and residential real estate in the United mm-hmm. States mm-hmm. by foreign countries because it just didn't make sense to me, especially not here in New York, uh, mm-hmm. you know, where condo units might go for three thousand, four thousand dollars a square foot in the New Hudson Yards uh, uh, area here in the city. Mm-hmm. It didn't make economic sense, so I couldn't understand why this was happening. But I I, I read an article that mentioned that. The real estate, okay, has little literally become the banks of capital for the uh, foreign investors. Mm-hmm. Uh, lo- well, I guess local local investors, but also foreign investors as well, because mm-hmm. as I understand it, the real estate will hold the value, okay, and increase with inflation or decrease with whatever new currency that might come into play if if that if that were to occur. Had you ever heard it heard it like that, put that way?
2: Well I think the there's you know, I look at it as a two edged sword. Uh one is that uh you know if we have too many foreign investors then we can look at the aspect of saying, oh well these people are buying up America And so now we have to crash the real estate market to get them out so we can buy it back. (laughs) So that's one aspect. The other aspect is that, yes, uh, if we can control the real estate in a geographical area and that particular real estate, they aren't making any more of New York. You know, they aren't, uh, you know, making it any bigger, and we have a mass concentration of people, and the demand continues to grow because people keep moving into the city, then it kind of gives you somewhat of a stable opportunity in terms of a real asset. So I I look at it from from that aspect uh, and the fact that, you know, cyclically what's going to happen is that we're going to have, you know, this population boom and bust, and so we have to think of it in terms of – what can I pass on to my uh, next generation? And the fact that there's, you know, no more essentially estate taxes from a federal point of view. Uh, pretty much, you can pass on whatever those assets are that you're getting, those real
1: assets. So that's a real benefit. Interesting. So, so, so the estate tax has been eliminated.
2: It's pretty much eliminated. Yeah, yeah. If, if you yeah, if you think yeah. And uh and if you have a sophisticated enough attorney what you can do is you can buy a uh, life insurance policy to pay off the uh taxes if there are any.
1: <laughs> well wow. I feel at some point because this obviously this this discussion was was to be directed, you know, towards this two trillion dollar stimulus question, but it mm-hmm. sounds like there might be some opportunity to you know, hopefully, get some additional insight from you regarding um, the tax system. I mean, I had no idea that 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 was that had been eliminated, and, and what potential effect that might have on uh, the wealth of our listeners moving forward, or or potential growth in wealth moving forward.
2: Yeah, hmm. there's there's some really really interesting things that uh, people do. Uh, you know, charitable remainder trusts. And all kinds of interesting things that, uh, where they have an asset that they say, okay, we're gonna essentially use, use up the, the asset as much as we can and, uh, and we're gonna basically donate it to an institution, but we get to use all the benefits from the asset as long as we're alive and get a tax deduction for the contribution. So there's, there's some crazy laws out there.
1: <laughs> wow. Interesting. Yeah. Hey,
2: nothing
1: yeah. beats knowledge. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, 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 I just you know it's the current situation that we have is is very interesting in that we're trying to get people to somehow consume and spend money, and usually you know the idea is that if you if you get free money, you usually spend it. And it's like the person who goes to the casino. And they say, "Oh well, I'm only gonna, you know, gamble my hundred dollars." They gambled, the, you know, the hundred dollars. They win two thousand dollars, and they turn around and they spend the two thousand dollars back to the casino. And that's essentially what <laughs> what they're expecting to happen is people are going to take that free money and go ahead and spend it. You know?
1: Yeah, if you look at it, if you look at it under you know typical situations, a lot of used cars get sold. During you know during tax refund season <laughs> uh, because a lot, a lot of people a lot of people take that refund did they go out and buy buy a car mm-hmm. uh, whether it's a new car or a used car but mm-hmm. so I, I guess with with that premise in mind I can understand it I, I I don't know if that will be the case if things aren't resolved to the point that people are able to go back to work under normal circumstances. Mm-hmm. You know, and not necessarily just receiving a check while they're sitting at home, mm-hmm. but to know that at a certain point they will go back to work.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. You know, um, I don't know. I, I guess that's, what he, that's for the listeners to to chime in on. I'd be curious to, to hear the comments about that. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I think he, that's, he, that's he the was, other reason... Thinking. Yeah, I think that's the other reason that they want to have a part two to this in case things don't necessarily work out according to the initial plan. You know, one thing that they keep talking about is these particular models that they've worked on and these projections that they've done, but they have not shared any of those things with the general public. (laughs) So which is kind of interesting to me is that, well, you've got these models that say this and say that, well, why don't you share them with us? You know, if you have one model that says, oh, yeah, this is going to double every, you know, two days or whatever it is in terms of the people that are going to be impacted by this. And it's going to, you know, peak and we're going to have, you know, more people than we have bits and then it's going to continue on and all this. It's like, well, what are those numbers and what do they look like and what, what do they actually say? And what's the worst case and what's the best case? You know, give us the information.
1: How do they? How how is a model developed when you don't know what the future is going to look like? <laughs> you know, even if, even yeah. based on even based on an experienced past. You know what I'm saying? I mean, nobody knows what the future is going to look like. But mm-hmm. but 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 at least you can project into the future if you have it have an experience have an experience of something in the past.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, in, in a situation,
1: there's, we don't have it.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's our financial models are created all the time. Is that? You know, we have basic assumptions, and you have a set of assumptions, and you go from that set of assumptions and you make the projections. And oftentimes when you do a plan like that, you have a best case, worst case, and most likely case. And those mm-hmm. are being being developed. And right now what's happening is that uh, because there's a lack of continuity from state to state to state, each state has their own model. If we had a national plan, then we could have a national model. <laughs> and so, what you'll find is that New York's, you know, plan and their model that they have is going to be completely different than Texas's model, because there's no standardization
1: in terms of how we've decided to handle this. So, well, and here's another here's another question or another uh, point to consider: this this isn't a national event. This is mm-hmm. we are we are a player in a mm-hmm. world event, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And, and if we're going to build a financial model, you know, even 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 nationally, um, how do we do that without including the effects of the world economy on our national economy?
2: Oh, well, that's that's part of the assumptions that that you have to throw into this thing if you know, if you're going to if you're gonna say that we know that this place has already had it, this place is having it this place is in the middle of it, this place is at the end of it so you you obviously have some assumptions that are built into those particular elements, and those assumptions mm-hmm. are going to be based upon people's behavior their cultural behavior you know so there's some people that they're very Fine with listening to what the government has to say. Other people are like, I could care less what the government has to say. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so there's cultural aspects to each nation, but again, those things can be looked at and built in as assumptions and create
1: a model that can work. Well, wow. all. I, all I can say is that is that we are in we are in uncharted territory right now, and, mm-hmm. and, and this is a very unique time in history for some. Maybe very scary, but for others, you know, I think to some extent, including myself, I'm just, just a very exciting period. You know, I'm just curious, very curious to see where we go from here. It's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Very fascinating. Yeah
2: I, yeah, I look at this as an opportunity for creativity. So those who can mm-hmm.
0: think
2: about. Well, what what is the real problem here, and what is the real solution, and what is a, you know, a financial element of that solution? I think that that works and can work for people. Uh, so, for example, the, you know, the, the deal with you know people signing stuff. Uh, so there was someone the other day who was saying, "Oh yeah, well." You know, some my my uh, associates have created a company where they now have a disposable writing instrument so that, you know, you don't pass the instrument from person to person to person.
0: <laughs> so hmm. I
2: was like, okay, that's interesting. That's a creative uh, way to resolve some of these issues. <laughs> so so there's going to be those types of things that are going to happen where people are going to think about, hmm, how how do we solve the problem and how can we, you know, benefit from this in
1: terms of uh, financially – and actually provide a service for good. There'll probably be a whole lot more voice, uh, voice-activated and operated systems. Protect your cell phone with it. Maybe as is, is beneficial and as useful in, uh, in in legal documents and legal signs. Interesting. Yeah, mm. that's right. Yeah, Alexa, open the door. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Well, Darryl, I I, I really appreciate you taking this time. Um, Were there any other thoughts that you wanted to uh, speak on?
2: Uh, No, I think uh, just the fact that, uh, you know, we just want to be cognizant of what's happening and recognize the fact that uh, we have a stock market that is down, and it's an opportunity for people to look at that and say, how can I take advantage of that particular fiasco that's happened? And, Mm. you know, the fact of the matter is, is that we're back to the numbers when, you know, uh, President Obama left office. So uh, there's some people who had a few weeks ago had a million dollars in their retirement account, and now it's down to, you know, (laughs) $800,000 when some of them are concerned. Uh, but for those who are young and still have the opportunity to invest, uh, you know, don't forget about the opportunity of the market and learn about the market and how you can take advantage of it.
1: Yeah, I would, I, I definitely agree with that. I, I think at this particular point, given the idea that you have some confidence in an economic future, this is this is an opportune time to to seize the benefits of of this downturn. Because this is the time to buy. Right. Mm-hmm. And people right. are running. This is the time to buy. Mm-hmm. You know, my my guess is, is is that if Warren Buffett hasn't already started buying, he's chomping at the bit because this is the time. Definitely the time. Yes. I I do want to chat. yeah. This is just a thought that I'm having. You know, I I have a concern in real estate because that's that's been my area of expertise. Um, I think that there'll always be a demand for housing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I there's there's definitely and always a demand for affordable housing, mm-hmm. um, but I do question, you know, given the fact that now so many people are working from home. Um, by necessity, once this I think that once this smoke clears, and it has been determined and and proven that companies can be equally as effective. With home workers versus uh, office workers, we're going to see a lot less demand for commercial uh, property. I mean, and in, 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 I'm saying commercial retail, commercial uh, office. Um, my only, my big concern with that is even though there will always be a demand for residential housing, the the maybe because of the lack of demand for commercial and retail, you'll see. Um, Pressures put on, especially the higher end residential, because now you have other properties coming on the market that'll probably be developed to meet those demands, like quasi um, uh, living office type or living, you -hmm. know, uh, home living commercial mixed use type Mm -hmm. properties. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's going to be interesting to see how that how the real estate market looks in all of this and where it shakes out, but.
2: Yeah, I think it's an opportunity. An for,
1: opportunity.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: it's it's an opportunity
2: for for people to start thinking about uh, how they're going to approach uh, properties in terms of residential properties, redesigning them so that they have yes, you know, you know, workplaces inside those residential homes. So if if I yes. have a you know if I'm buying up properties, it's like okay, I now have to think about the fact that. I need to create a room or two where people can work from home. Where it's going to be designed with the green screen in the background, so I can so they can use Zoom or whatever it is. Uh, so that's always
1: an interesting aspect to to consider. Yeah. And, and in my conversations with people who do work from home, some like it, but for the most part, um, even though they enjoy the convenience of being in their local environment, you know, they don't have to commute commute. They miss they miss the, um, the the what do you call it the socialization camaraderie mm-hmm. yeah the camaraderie and the socialization that comes out of going to a workplace so you know one of the models that I'm developing is is even even though you might have a community or where you work from home or you live you know you have a home community you also would have a location either within that building or within that community that becomes a centralized place where people can go into the office, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It would just a gathering be shared, place. It would just a gathering place, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. A gathering place that's outfitted
0: mm-hmm. to
1: provide the services of an office, similar to a WeWork, mm-hmm. I guess maybe a scaled-down version of a WeWork type mm-hmm. property or or, mm-hmm. or or a cooperative uh, type property, mm-hmm. like take an existing office building, and you know you convert part of it to residential, and then you maintain a part of it as commercial, and you you know mm-hmm. leave your apartment, go downstairs, and you're in your office, <laughs> so, right. so mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, because I think that sweet. socialization aspect of it is is very important, mm-hmm. or at least at least that's what I'm that's what I'm being told by the. By the surveys that I've been doing, right?
2: Yeah, people need people. You know, I think Barbara Streisand had that song years ago. People who need people
1: are the luckiest people in the world. Yeah, well I, I, I in the in the conversations that I have been having, and I don't know what your experience is, Jerry, but I have I have definitely found and am using FaceTime and. I just you know, you have Google what is it? Google um something I I just installed on here. You know, mm-hmm. you have WhatsApp. You have all of these mm-hmm. different video chat uh uh apps that up until now I didn't pay any attention to. Mm-hmm. And I find now it's the only oh Google Duo, that's it. It's great. Right. It's, it's it's the only way now to to Physically, well, not physically, but at least visually, feel that you're having a physical c- connection with somebody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's amazing. Right, right. You know, so it, so it just in that, and in the conversations that I'm having with my friends and family, you know, we, we realize just how social we are, and how right now, uh, how unnaturally disconnected this experience is making us. All right. All right. Well, listen, man. I really enjoyed uh, this conversation, and you're taking the time uh, to uh, to to have this discussion. Hopefully, you know, our listening listening audience will appreciate it as well. And uh, is there are any comments? Um, is there an email address, or or did you want to provide any kind of uh, contact information? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, if, if people would like to, uh, you know, check me out, uh, I, I think I'm, uh, I'm on uh, Facebook, uh, Lee Financial Group. Uh, just drop me a line.
1: Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Well, uh, I appreciate yeah.
0: it. This. this was good.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Next time, let's
2: talk AI.
0: Well, there you have it. Hope you enjoyed this episode of No Jive Talk. If you did, please share it with your friends. And don't forget to drop us a comment. We'd like to know how we're doing. Look forward to presenting our next episode of No nope. Talk. Talk.